Thank you for tuning in to Sales and Enablement, the podcast. This week, Eldad posts and Corin drones Crystal and Dan on the pod. Eldad is the CEO and co-founder of Win.ai. In this episode, a few of the topics we discuss are the LinkedIn marketing campaign of the year, the pressures, both personal and professional, of being a startup founder, and how to create win-wins on the sales floor. Sit back and enjoy this episode, our 36th. Hey everybody, this is Dan, and today's episode of Sales and Enablement Podcast is number 36, and I'm excited for it, and I can't wait to get into it. Crystal, by the way, I'm the sales side of Sales and Enablement. Why don't you tell everybody what the heck you're doing here? I'm the better half, Dan. I'm the enablement half, and I am equally as excited, if not more excited, about our guest today. I've known him for some time through LinkedIn and through my amazing Israeli network. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll let him introduce himself. So I'm the best friend of Crystal. Sorry. And that was Tom Corrin, the CEO and co-founder of WinAI. Some people call me the bold guy from LinkedIn. No offense, and sorry about that. Uh, that's in a very high level perspective. <laughs> that's a good Great. One. And we have a lot, we have a lot to talk about today, a lot. And I think we are super excited to speak to Eldad first and foremost, because we probably had the most successful guerrilla marketing campaign on LinkedIn that I have seen in quite some time. It's fresh. Eldad, we're going to talk to you about that. Obviously, you are a founder, a startup, an early stage startup, something that is near and dear to both of our hearts. We want to talk to you a little bit about that. In addition, you are also in the AI space. So there is a lot of interesting things to talk about today, Crystal, don't you think? A hundred percent. All of those things are coming up really fast and they're here, right? They're here. and a lot of people it's moved on them so quickly and they're left with what am i supposed to do with all of this right what am i how do i build build them into my processes how do i build them into my my tech stack how can multiple departments that's something that i've heard from some enablers in particular about win ai is not just updating the crm but what is that data tell me about how to build my enablement programs and I've talked to a couple enablers about it, but we'll get it more into that. But it's really incredible and it's here. So I'm excited to dig in. Before we talk about startup life and being a founder and sales and enablement and group and marketing, Eldad, tell us about WinAI. Cool. So WinAI, so we put as a slogan, updating the CRM, but it's much more than this, and I can really relate to Krista what you mentioned. It's all about the process. I'm a very process-oriented person. I'm a former naval officer, and I'm in the navy. And on the ship, you need to everything is with processes. And if the process doesn't work, you have a big problem. And a process could be how do you manage your call. Or how, what is your sales methodology? How did you fill out the CRM? 
And I believe that one of the challenges that we have is our ability to, to be adherent with the process. And let's take one of the, the very basic processes on earth, the one pill once a day. Adherence to this playbook is so low, even though it's not about self-methodology, it's about our health. And I think that's the many the main motivation in building, building WinAI, which is a real-time assistant for salespeople. What we know to do is a couple of things. So the first thing is the right agenda on the right side of the screen. So if it's discovery, demo, negotiation, closing, whatever it is, what you need to cover. And that's usually goes along with the self-methodology. Second, in real time, we know back to the self-methodology, we know to tell the salesperson, hey, cover that. To cover that, so really by gamification, helping them to be adherent with the playbook, standard, capture the notes with them and connect it with the right talking point. And we can speak about that. How do you transform unstructured data conversation into structured data? And where the conversation is around, to streamline everything to the CRM and save tons of time for the sales people. And if I take one step back, I think the overall idea was to create a win-win situation. Sorry about the being cheaply about win, but on the one hand, better adoption of the sales methodology for mainly sales leaders or enablement or RevOps, but on the other hand, less admin work for salespeople. And by being focused on enablement, not on enforcement, we believe that those two are value proposition can work together. This is WinAI. This is what we do and how we do it in the value proposition. Awesome. Yeah. I, and it's great, Eldad, because I think sometimes when the specific example I gave to this other enabler that I was talking with the other day about when AI is that when you're going through and on the side, it tells you that you got half of the information. You, you, you got half, for example, if you're using MedPick, let's take yep. MedPick, for example, and you get half of the decision criteria. And let's say that you start seeing a pattern of the same group of people continuously getting half of the information on a second call. It's okay. What do I need to do as an enabler? Do I need to create a program to where I'm helping these people go deeper in, in this conversation. Maybe they're just, and it, maybe it's not even like a training session, right? Maybe it's a quick one pager on how to achieve that and really helps to give. And what I told her, I said, it just really helps to guide your sessions, your programs, your content. It can, depending on what's a priority, for example, MedPick could be a priority. So it helps you to really drive and see what's going on really in, in real time, live on the phone. You know, and you have conversational intelligence tools, but a lot of times you have to listen through to those and it's, and it may not dot, it may not collect the data such as one AI, where it tells you like, they're not getting everything and boom, you see it right there in front of you. Love that piece. And that's just one thing from an enablement perspective that I see it's super strong where it's super And, and so first of all, I can very much relate about that, but I think that Going back to the session that then and then and myself who were part of the winning by design session a couple of days ago. And Jaco, the father of winning by design, described what is the win rate 
So win rate is the aggregation of winning each and every call of the sales process. And each conversation counts. So it's one thing to, to know it retrospectively, but when you know it retrospectively, you lost it. And the idea of real-time guidance, so really help you to make sure that you are covering everything you need to cover. You are asking all of the relevant questions. You are, it's like actually helping you winning because we as humankind find it hard to follow processes over time. Maybe I got a, a training by winning by design or, or, or you know, force management, whatever it is. And the first week I will be very adherent with the methodology or the playbook. But after one week, after two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, three months, it's really hard for us to be very consistent over time. And I think that this is where we get into the, into action. And with real-time guidance, it actually helps you to win every call. Why do you think that is, Eldad? Why, why is it when we're given something nice and good and helpful that we use it for a week and then put it to the side? It's not a, it's not a, uh, uh, I learned that philosophy in my BA. So it's not a philosophical question. It's more, um, it's about psychology, the humankind psychology. And I think that we are not lazy by heart, but we tend to find the, I don't know, the bypass or the shortcuts maybe to do things. And it's really hard to make sure that you are working according to the process. And you forget over time, you forget you are dealing with thoughts of the, uh, thoughts of things in parallel. You're a salesperson, you have your quota, you have your compensation, you have your review with the sales leader. It's not in vacuum. It's not like a, um, you don't have nothing else and this, you just need to be focused on the conversation. So as we have our personal lives, if we have, it's a combination of lot of stress and fear and problems in, which is not related to, to work that makes not, it's really hard to be your best you every moment. And I think it's a humankind problem. It's not only about service. It's to outperform every call, five calls a day. It's hard. I yeah, find I also, hard. yeah, it's super hard. I think it's also specifically in sales because we're outcome driven and the outcome is a sale or a not a sale. And to Jocko's point yesterday, like if I don't get a, I don't get compensated by changing the deal stage, by advancing the deal. But that is the deal. That's the deal. Like you cannot come to the outcome unless you are following the process. So obviously I am a believer in your product and I can't wait to give it a try. But you just also mentioned something about well, personal free. life <laughs> for free. Hang on. Check what it out. I? I said it's for free now. Check it out. So you <laughs> now have, I think in now we have, uh, there's a few segues. We're going to have to figure out where we're going to go, whether we're going to the guerrilla marketing campaign or what horror your experience as a founder. But I think because of the splash that was made on LinkedIn yesterday, let's start with the good stuff. So all of a sudden 
everywhere on my LinkedIn feed, there were people with ski goggles, hammers, and keyboards, and bright yellow boxes, and people were smashing them. Keyboards were falling off the roofs of buildings. Scott Lee threw his in a pool. Yam Regev threw an axe at his. Like, by the way, I think you're going to need to put together a highlight reel, right, with everybody in those all at once, because there was an amazing we have, we have, variety. We have the top five. It's, it's coming up very soon. Great, great. So first, tell us the genesis of this guerrilla marketing campaign and the reason for the timing. Cool. So let's start with the timing and then move to what we did. From early on, it was very clear for us that we want, and, and it goes back to what I mentioned before, that we want to create a win-win situation. And in order to create a win-win situation, you need to create a tool that sales people will love, but also sales leader will love, which is tricky because not the same use case, not the same value proposition, not the same users. And if you want sales people to love your tool, the best way is to build a tool that they can use right off the box without, you know, their sales, you know, their, their VP sales tell that you should use this and that. And it was clear for us that in some point we need to do PLG or, or self-service. PLG is a little wide, well, like self-service. You can go to the website, go to win.ai, click on start now and start using it. And this is without speaking about the business model and about things like that, but the experience is very immediate and you can see the value right away. And that was the, uh, uh, on our back, back on, uh, of our head for a long time. And actually since we started, uh, which was 18 months ago and uh, last Monday we launched our uh, self-service product. So you can, you're more than invited to go to win.ai and start now. It's really easy. It takes a couple of uh, seconds to onboard yourself and you can start use and see what we have built in the last 18 months. So this is, that was the main motivation and uh, uh, the main reason why the splash came now about the splash and about the campaign itself, I'm going to tell you a secret. So uh, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a politician and, and. I'm mentioning this because I think one of, and actually I was a politician. I was the chairman of the Hebrew University Student Union. I won two campaigns for the Student Union. And I'm mentioning this because I think we understand it in, in sales. We know we need to understand. We need to have a high level of EQ, emotional quality. We need to understand like where people are fighting with us and objection handling. We know all of that. But when you're in politics, you understand that the one thing that only matter is Phoenix. And, it, it, and it's, it's marketing, it's marketing. And it can go to their bad ways, like manipulation and things like that in bad politics. But people understand that strong feelings influence. And with that mindset, I started this company, I started an NGO before that, but with the mindset of, I understand that I need to create a strong feeling with the audience, we came to this campaign and we said, okay, so 
what's the main two value proposition? The one, one main value proposition is less time or no time on the CRM. And on the other, on the other hand, we had the, a, a, a better adoption of the sales methodology. Better adoption of the sales methodology is very, it's not very emotional. It's rational because it makes sense that better adoption of the sales methodology should result in better win rate. Rational. I hate updating the CRM. I hate. It's a very strong emotion. Hate. It was very clear for us that emotion is there. And then you start, okay, so when I hate something, when I'm frustrated, I, I want to break things. So I want, uh, that, that's, that's what the, the, the mindset of the, the session, we, we had the, like a brainstorming session thinking about like how this emotion could be reflected into something visual because we live in a very social, uh, social media, everything, it should be visual. And then we said, let's break things. Let's break. <laughs> that is literally the best. I don't care. It, it, you're just breaking things. That's the best choice always. <laughs> yeah. When you're frustrated, you want, you want to break yeah. something. It's very, it's an emotion that people can relate to. And this is what you're looking for in a marketing campaign. Something that people can relate to. They will see it. They will be discussed. Maybe they will love it. They will hate it. They, but they want just see that and say, ah, let's go on to, to do other things. And, uh, and it's fitted perfectly to the idea of no typing. And today people who use WinAI need to click on update, not to type everything up. So it was a good combination. And then to just to finish this story. Okay. So what we love the breaking the keyboard, but now what can you do with that? So you can launch your own commercial, which we did, which is up and running on our website, of course, but you want to make lots of noise. You're a small startup. Nobody knows about you. You're from Israel and you are selling to the U S so who knows you at all. And. Uh, and then we said, okay, let's approach influencers and let's get their buy-in into that. And let's send them a surprise. And by surprise, people, we have the traditional unboxing thing. When you get a box and you get a product and then you show it and you say, it's a beautiful create, it's a wonderful cream and whatever. And we said, let's do a box, which nobody will ever guess what's in the box. And the box is an activity and people got curious about that, like the influencer. So we got their buying about that. And then, and we sent over 100 boxes, which was always a, a very interesting operation to set everything up. We sent like more than 100 X's and Hummers to Colombia, Canada, US, Netherlands, France, England. Ireland, all over. And, and that's the story. It was that's a, awesome. Yeah. I, somehow though, Crystal and Dan got left off the list. Oh my God, oh my God. Don't, 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 I, I, we were, I know we were 101 and 102, but you know, what's really interesting about this. Somebody, idea someone of will be fired today. I tell you that someone. <laughs> <will be fired. laughs> 
It's really interesting. I like it, or not that I like. What's interesting is the negative aspect of breaking something. And I was listening to Lex Friedman today's the podcast with Mr. Beast. And Mr. Beast. Mr. You laugh, but it's because my 10 year old likes Mr. Beast. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like Elon, Mr. Beast, like, like number two. But what he was saying is that like social and viral, you know, nine times out of 10, there is a negative. People want to see something negative. And Mr. Beast put a a Twitter poll. If I could give you $10,000 and one random person in the world would die, would you take the money? And he did it. He said, listen, I was going to bed. I thought I wasn't like a big plan in my mind to do it. But overwhelmingly, everybody said, yes, take the money. And the the point was, he said, really, when you look online, most reaction and most emotion are negative. Great way to build in that to the campaign. Not that you were trying to kill anybody, but it's interesting that it would have been a different reaction if it was like kissing the keyboard. The fact that you had people breaking it, it made people really feel, to your point, a strong emotion. But... What's also interesting, and sorry, Crystal, I just, I can't, I can't stop here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Part of your campaign and what you just discussed was a very, uh, was an interaction between humans. You thought about this. You thought about feelings. You thought about emotions. You thought about how are we going to get people to open a box, what their experience is going to be. But the product is artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. So what I would like to know is from your perspective, um, where we are in the world with artificial intelligence and why you think maybe humans have a chance against AI? Interesting question. Let me 20 seconds just reset today. The, the subject we, we said before, because it will be, it will be helping me answer the, the next question. I think the one, one of the surprises was the dissonance and the content that we people created with us was very different from what on LinkedIn. And I want to speak about that for a second because I think the medium is very important. On LinkedIn, we need to, we usually see sales tips, lots of sales tips, very similar to each other without any criticism. Um, we see endorsements and things like people like highlights. And I think to say something very visual, which is breaking thing in LinkedIn was very different, was very strange. It's more like TikTok thing rather than LinkedIn thing. So feeling to, or disrupting a medium with a different kind of content was also part of the deal. And I want to speak about that in the in the context of AI, about the medium. So I think that AI is here to stay. And I'm going to double click on that because I think that three years ago, four four years ago, at least in Israel, which we have like lots of startup here, the ecosystem is dense and vibrant and, and so on. As a founder and a CEO, you had 
five years ago till today, you had to say that you're an AI, you had your whatever it is, even without actual thing in it. And I think that still six months ago, actually six months ago, people were very skeptic because AI and big data was more relevant for big enterprises where you have like lots of data and you can get lots of insights about this data. But the medium was not accessible. And six months ago, when GPT came to the world, or at least the crowd, the chat, broad, yeah, yeah, this, my, my mother know what is GPT today. Actually, she doesn't, but my father knows, but he's more curious about technology, but she's a painter. Anyway, uh, I think that the fact that six months ago, seven months ago, Dali came to the world, me journey, chat GPT, and the experience is B2C, it's not B2B. You, as a person in the street, you can go and use and see how AI works. And I think that changed dramatically the concept, the perception about AI. And it made us from super skeptic into super afraid. <laughs> and it happened in, in weeks. Because when you're skeptic, you know, nothing will happen. Yeah, AI, science fiction. In days, it, you understand, okay, there's a, when GPT starts to write the words, you say, okay, that's, that's very strange. This is, what's the secret sauce? Like, what, what's going on here? Once again, emotion. And I think that's, and of course we can speak about responsible AI and, and things like that, but I think that. There was a shift in the human understanding of what is AI because we got a B2C experience rather than a B2B, which was till six months ago. So the medium changed. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's almost while we're having this conversation, I'm thinking back to Bitcoin, where the first time for up until I understood, until it was $2,000. I thought it was something that you use to buy stuff on video games and I'm not a gamer, right? So that's what I thought Bitcoin was that it was like a, a digital currency, but it was used to buy like swords on video games and stuff. And then all of a sudden there was a moment in time, whether it was the, it must've been the exchanges, but got on the big exchange and it got big exposure and everybody got to touch and feel it. And all of a sudden it was really real. And then it was $60,000 and it is still real today. But it's really interesting, I think, what's happening with AI. And also with the, you know, with the technology and the startup ecosystem, because I also think about blockchain, you know, what, two years ago, when everybody was like all in on blockchain, web 3.0, it's going to change everything. But this is, but, and also to your point. And flamingos. We had flamingos. But maybe, and flamingos, but maybe. The missing piece of the blockchain was that there was no B2C, right? We couldn't touch it. We couldn't feel it. And maybe it's still, maybe there is some bigger use case out there, but really interesting about the uh, GPT. Tangibility. The fact that you can experience it 
makes it a, a whole different experience. Yeah, incredible. What do you think, Crystal? Yeah. I, I've got to tell you, I, I wasn't one of them, but I think a lot of people around me who aren't in the tech space, I think became exactly like what you said, Eldon. They turned from that skeptic, oh yeah, AI, I watched iRobot, that kind of thing. And, and then once I showed them what even just chat GPT could do, right? And then helping them understand how they could try to use it in their lives and they saw the ability of it, it was like, oh, like their wheels, you could literally see the wheels start turning. Am I going to be replaced? Ultimately, that's what people are thinking, right? Am I going to be replaced? Is my job going to be replaced? And it it can be scary from that perspective. But I think I will. And who knows? AI is most likely going to get there. But I have never read something at this point. I've never seen anything written by AI that could make me tear up the same way that a poem written by Pablo Neruda. So I all keep that there. And I'm like, AI may eventually get there, right? Where <laughs> it can move a human being to that, but not yet. So I, and until that happens, I think humans are, are safe. Maybe not all humans. <laughs> yeah. So the computer can make you cry. Crystal, tell us when it happens. Tell us when you show us here. <laughs> Uh, and I'll make sure so I go down okay. to my shelter. Eldad, um, we're let's uh, we're at the home stretch here. You have an early stage startup. You are the leader. Um, you work in artificial intelligence, but you have a team of people. Tell us what it's like to work with a team at, a, at an early stage startup. The ups, the downs, the motivation, what you look for in people. Just give us our. Give us the lowdown on that experience. A lot, a lot, a lot of stress. I'm very transparent. So, and I did tough things in my life. I was in the Navy seven years, and operations in, in, in different places. The level of resiliency you are needed is, is something that I never faced before. Truly out of my, out of my comfort zone. So I think that's, and especially in the early days, looking for product market seat, finally strength that pivoting, not pivoting, meet pivoting, and we're heading to the right place. We are not head, we don't know where we're going. And, and it, 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 it's not happening day after day. It's happening, it's happened one hour after an hour. So it's not like a roller coaster, it's like that. Yeah. And you need to be able to digest it and to embrace it and to hug it to some extent. It's, and I, once again, it's not. It's hard. I think that taking into consideration that it's hard trying to surround yourself with people who are not looking for 
certainty is super important because the one who are looking for certainty with this frequency, they will break up. You know, there's like a, I don't know how you say it in English, but there's a, um, a frequency that breaks, breaks bridges because of the wind and things like that. I don't know. In Hebrew, they say tether to da. So people in some frequency can be, bre can be broken like bridges. And you need to find the people who are not broken when you have this crazy frequency. And they can be junior, they can be senior, they can be VP, they can be whatever it is. It doesn't matter. They need to have the resiliency to go with you in this crazy ride and not to be broken on this highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. I know we're right there. We're right here, Dan, but I want to ask Eldad something specifically because I see Eldad, you posting, and I love the content, right? I Sometimes I love a good mix of having some personal stuff in there and obviously having your professional life, right, on LinkedIn. And so I've seen you post quite a bit about family and working for early stage startups. It, it, those two things almost are like, they, I, I have found that it's incredibly difficult to make them coexist, right? Because on one hand, you family can take so much, especially with small children. And then, but you, you eat, breathe and bleed that startup, right? Like it's because exactly of what you just described, it takes so much out of you. And I know a lot of founders, I know a lot of people who are working for early stage startups or startups in general, just feel that. And what are maybe one or two things that you will, for your family, like you will always stick to, or you will not break, whatever that is to make sure that is, you can give to continue to give to WinAI, but then giving for your family, like priority, like how do you prioritize or what's one or two things that you do? No, I don't want to tell you all of my problems because my wife, she's also a heart surgeon and I have twins, which are three years old and it's a very uh, intense, I would say, uh, situation. I think the one of, one of the things I'm trying to do today, one of my problems, main problems were how do I detach uh, and how do, when I'm with the family, when I'm with the girls, how I'm not touching the phone. And I'm not talking about three hours. I'm talking about one hour. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Really. Uh, and I think that in, in this fairy tale founder is obsession considered to be a good thing. And one of the things that I'm trying out now, I don't have an answer <laughs> to sum it up, but what I, one of the things I'm trying to do now is to try to be with the family on Saturday without the phone at all, because yeah. Saturday is no one works in the US, no one works in Europe, and no one works in Israel. So Saturday is the one week 
maybe God thought about it. I don't know. <laughs> but the one week that nobody works and I can have the, I don't know, the 12 hours to be with my family. And I've been trying this in the last couple of weeks and it's a good concept for me. It's once again, it's not lifetime, works life balance. I don't have works life balance. That's for fathers. It's, it's, it, it doesn't exist. It's a fairy tale, but maybe I, I will be able to, uh, to dedicate my resources, my mental resources for 12 hours on Saturday. So that's my personal goal in the next couple of weeks. Next time on the next interview, on the next podcast, I will tell you how it went. <laughs> I can completely relate. And I love it, Eldad, because you're right there. The sad reality is that, and I, and I feel, even though I've never been a founder, I, again, I have been a hundred percent committed to early stage startups and there is no answer. You either, in my experience, there, there was no right answer. I could try to do those things like you mentioned, but the truth of the matter is that I was prior, I was prioritizing my work because of the potential outcome for what I could provide for my children later on in their life. And sometimes it's a sad thing when you go to bed at night and you're like, God, they're so young right now. I need to be there more, but it's just a human. It, it, that's the human response. Right. And so I love it. I continue to share. I love those stories and let me know if you figure out the magic formula. <laughs> I figured it. I, I got a story to tell. Go ahead. I, 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 uh, I started talking to this occupational behavior therapist and she's given me some really interesting concepts and ideas, really interesting. And I think it actually is a good way to close this podcast because it ties into what we spoke about at the beginning. That is that it humans inherently are looking for shortcuts and not following processes and perhaps being lazy and perhaps thinking we know better and finding, starting a diet and it lasts for two weeks and then stopping, even though it would be better for us. And I think that it's all related and it's all connected. And, and I think that the hard part is that as much as the shared experience, as we are like in the human experience, we're all individuals and we all are taking different journeys and the more we can talk and be open and about things, I think the closer we can get to finding some peace and we appreciate your candor and telling us about your challenges. We appreciate your time. I know you're on the road. Garth down the rest of your cheese and beers. We appreciate your time. El Dad, congratulations on going live with the self-serve product. Congratulations on the guerrilla marketing campaign. Best one we've probably ever seen on LinkedIn. And yeah, I think that about sums it up for me, Crystal. Any last words of wisdom for the audience or for Eldad? Oh, I am listening. Uh, okay, so keyboard, get on that. And then two, put a little asterisk next to like something on WinAI and put my name on there. Like, <laughs> I'm only kidding, jolly kidding about that. But no, it has been an absolute pleasure, Eldad, from the... The first time we met a couple of years ago and talking 
about this product in, and it wasn't even called Win AI. And I, you and Bar, it was just amazing. So thank you so much for being on. This was definitely one of my favorite episodes. And I don't know, maybe as a reward, maybe Eldot can send me to Israel, Dan, and we can do a fun, a fun podcast. We'll see. That's it. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You made it this far. You're at the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye.